Hey, this is Kevin, the student pastor at Short Church Again. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We strive each week to bring relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. To stay up to date with what's going on at the church or to support the mission financially, head over to scog.com or download our app. I hope you enjoy the message. Uh, we're just having some fun here with Christmas, uh, Christmas movies because they're everywhere, right? Some of you uh, turn on the Hallmark Channel and don't like move it from now until you know, after New Year's. Um, some of you are scheduling your, your plans around those movies. My wife schedules her naps around those movies. Uh, she turns one on, falls asleep as the, the, during the plot. I can hear it from the other room. I know every, I know she falls asleep because it like just keeps on going and then it, it repeats because, you know, Hallmark just plays the same thing over and over again. And then she'll wake up and start watching again. I'm like, I gotta listen to this thing again. Um, he did it. You know what? He was a jerk. He came back. He came, he fell in love with her. I promise. He found the ornament. His heart was melted. He loves you. Okay. Let's next. Oh, it's the same plot. Looky there. Uh, <laughs> so. Uh, my vendetta against Hallmark movies. It's, it's okay. Uh, but Christmas at the movies, uh, there's all kinds of different ways we can explore this season through the movies. Um, so we want to just, uh, kind of lighten things up a little bit with, with a few of these, uh, shows. Today we watched Christmas Story, uh, a little, the, the element of it is that whole line, you'll shoot your eye out, kid, right? The creepiest Santa Claus in the history of Santa Clauses yells at you, you're going to shoot your eye out. If that guy knows what's better for you than you, you've got some issues in your priorities in life, right? But you'll shoot your eye out. Why we show that clip and thinking about Christmas is this simple thing. The Jewish people, when Jesus was uh, getting ready to come into uh, the world, are basically this kid. They're asking for something. They don't even know what they're asking for. They're asking for the Messiah to come. And they keep on asking, and they keep on asking, and it's the only thing on their mind. God, bring you, send your Messiah, send your Messiah, send your Messiah, send your Messiah. Thinking what the Messiah was going to do is be a military commander that came in and destroyed the Roman army and kicked them out, and they could have their little country again and be happy and have their, their, their life the way they want it. That's what they were praying for. They weren't praying for Jesus to come. They weren't praying for, for Jesus to come, for God to enter into the world and change everyone's uh, spiritual existence. They were not praying for this amazing thing to happen where Jesus would come and change the sin relationship with humanity for all eternity. That's not what they were praying for. They were praying for their selves, for this little pocket of Jewishness in Israel to be saved from their Roman oppressors. That's what they were praying for. This very small, this very, very limited Red Rider BB gun idea. And Jesus, God looks at them and says, you know what? You're praying for that. That's the wrong thing. Shoot your eye out with that. In fact, I gave you a king before. That didn't work out so well. You had three of them before you screwed it up so bad that the whole thing went, went to pot. That's the whole you know, Old Testament. And I, I've done that before. It's not going to work anymore. you shoot your eye out. Let's do it differently. And so I think for you and for me, when we think about our prayer lives and we think about what we're coming even to God at at this Christmas season, 
Well, there's some things we're probably asking God for or wondering about or, or we've been praying for a long time for. They're actually kind of red rider prayers. Like, I could give you that, but you don't want that. You don't really want a different job. That one's worse. You, got, you think the grass is greener over there? It's not. You want a different husband? That's not going to work either. You want that relationship? You want that person to like you? They're not... All these things that we, we keep, we built in our own heads. I want a Red Ryder BB gun. You'll shoot your eye out. It's not going to be fun. Because we're focused in on this one little thing and not open to what God could do in our lives. Just like the Jewish people so many millennia ago. Because they did that, they were doing the same thing. And even when they got the gift that God gave them in Jesus they still wanted that Red Rider BB gun, and they still were very upset that it wasn't a Red Rider BB gun, right? We have this all the time. I don't know, I don't know if this happens in your, your family, um, but when you give your kids a gift, and you're like, this is an amazing gift, this is a great gift, and they really wanted the other gift, right? They really wanted the other Yeah, the other gift cost $800, and you ain't getting it ever, so deal with it, right? But, but it wasn't that gift, and you're like, Spoiled little brat, <laughs> whatever. I don't don't smack your kids like that. Uh, <laughs> that's not from the pastor on that one. Um, but that's just the, the the feeling, right? And that's kind of what goes on here at this time when we're dealing with with God and dealing with the Jews in this uh, place at this time in this moment. And so, what is going on here? How do we, what do we uh, how do we get shaped? How do we get formed through how we view uh, well, Jesus at this moment? Because it's it it changes everything of how we see Christmas. It's the right, uh, it just changes the way our heart looks at it, the way our head looks at it, the way our eyes look at it, the way we look at even our traditions have to change. So we don't get myopic and into these little moments. We get to see Christmas for all that it is. Because Christmas, no matter what you've made it, is bigger than you think it is. It's more important than you think it is. Christmas is this moment in time in which God invades the world and changes everything. So that's a little bit bigger than the to-do list and then checking off who got get this gift and is this here and did the sausage balls get cooked right and blah, 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 blah. Now, I'm a big fan of desserts and I'm a big fan of snickerdoodles and the whole spread at Christmas. But guess what? That pales in comparison to what Jesus does at Christmas. He invades earth to change the whole of humanity. Before this, it was just this little sect of people in a, a little Middle Eastern town, basically, that, that that's all that this whole relationship's about. And after that, it's for the whole world. That you and I have access to God himself because of this moment, because of Christmas. It's a little bit bigger than anything with a bow on it. It's a little bit bigger with a Christmas tree that's bigger than anything else. It, we, we, all those are good things, right? The Hallmark, all oh, lovey-dovey channel things, those are good things. Love is a good thing. Falling in love and having these love stories is a good thing. But it barely scratches the surface of the depth of what Christmas actually is. All the cookies and the desserts and the fun packaging and the decorations are good things. They're fun. There is not much more I love in this world than coming downstairs when the house is still quiet and the Christmas tree is all decorated and just sitting next to the Christmas tree, turn on the fire because, you know, I'm, 
I'm really that just a flip of the switch. I'm that lazy. Um, turn on the fire, have my, my Christmas experience, small time by myself. I love that. I've been doing that since I was seven years old. They didn't let me flip on the switch for the fire when I was seven, but I would sneak and be by the Christmas tree. Not because I wanted to sneak peeks at the packages. If I did that, my mom would take them all home. You know, her, it would happen, right? She'd take them all back. Um, but just to be in that presence, that's a good, beautiful, wonderful thing. It barely scratches the surface of the enormity of what Christmas is. Okay, let's explore that some more here in this moment. Anytime we make Christmas about what we want and what we desire, we make Christmas less than what it really is. Anytime. We make Christmas about what we want and desire. We make Christmas less than what it is. So Christmas isn't a cute holiday. It's when the very foundations of the world are shaken. We get distracted by the beauty of it all. The awe, the snow, the cutesiness. What it really is, is an invasion of God into our world. It's a little bit different. Romans chapter 8, verse 3 to 4 says this. This is the message version or translation or, yeah, paraphrase. God went for the jugular when he sent his own son. He didn't deal with the problem of sin as something remote and unimportant. In his son, Jesus, he personally took on the human condition, entered the disordered mess of struggling humanity in order to set it right once and for all. The law code... Weakened as it was, always by fractured human nature, could never have done that. I love that. It's so raw to read it that way. When Jesus comes, he goes for the jugular. That's not a cutesy Hallmark movie. He goes for the jugular. He's, he's taking no prisoners. He's going after it in this moment. It's because everything is changing at this time with Jesus invading earth. It could never be set right with the law code, with the Torah, with the first five books of the Bible. As many laws and as many rules as we make up to try to be perfect and try to do the Ten Commandments and try to do all these things, it will never work out perfectly because we are sinful, messy creatures. And so Jesus says, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to come in ultimate grace and ultimate mercy. And I will do the unthinkable. I will come to earth. So that we can have relationship together. That we won't be divided by all these weird, these laws. And did you sacrifice enough pigeons and, and, and put the grain in the right spot and do the oil thing here? And did you eat this on Saturday and all this? Forget it. I'm coming to have relationship with you. See, God intervenes and comes in bodily form. This is amazing. This is to understand this, to to understand the idea that God would come in bodily form, that he didn't just come in spirit, just to you know, come as an angel form here and there, or whatever. He came physically to earth. This is amazing. He invades. He comes from heaven where everything's perfect. He is God to earth to be insignificant. The angels, I think, have a hard time with this. I know I'm putting Jared on the, on the angel mindset, but the angels have an issue with this. Uh, you can tell it's a little bit strained, I think, when you read what they're saying in, uh, there's only very, there's like three or four times that angels are actually talking in, in the Bible. Um, but 
when Gabriel comes to uh, Zechariah, it's kind of like, why are you not excited about this? Why do you not get this? I hang out in God's presence every day. You should really be excited. Like, he just, like, can't understand. It's like an elf type thing. Santa, he's coming. I know him, right? Like, the Gabriel, probably a little more dignified than Will Ferrell, but uh, says, hey, God's coming for you, and you smell. <laughs> like, I, I hang out in his presence every day in heaven. He's coming for you. I don't know if they're a little jealous. I don't know if they're like, okay, God, you do your thing, whatever you want to do. But what? He's coming here. Going to use you. Okay, God. You do you, buddy. Luke chapter 2. But let me go on back up. I want to explain angels to you. When we think of angels, uh, I've been to... Um, some amazing churches in the world. I got to go to, to Rome and see all the beautiful artwork in the Sistine Chapel and um, St. Peter's Basilica and all these gorgeous, uh, gorgeous churches and, the, and, and the, the Renaissance paintings of angels. Those angels do not look like I'm getting ready to describe them. They look like little, um, like little cupids, right? Bing! You know, little, little chubby little guys with little bows and arrows shooting heart arrows at people. That's what those angels look like. That's not found in the Bible. That's a Greek mythology type thing. That's not what angels look like. Angels, the two, the two head honcho guys, it seems like, Gabriel and Michael, they are warriors of God, um, and they look kind of human-like, apparently, because, but they're also probably, looks like they're on fire, because every time they show up, they're like, hey, don't be afraid. <laughs> First words out of their mouth, hold on, hold on, hold on, don't pee your pants. <laughs> it's very biblical to say that, right? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I know I'm on fire, and that kind of freaks you out. But I'm an angel, so cool. chill out. Right? That, that's, that's what every time. You can look through every time an angel shows up. Whoa, don't be afraid. Okay. I don't know what they're going to do, like run away, pass out, have a heart attack, maybe. The second classification of uh, angels are seraphim. Now, seraphim um, are kind of worship angels, and they have six wings, and they look like they're on fire. They got, they, they, I don't know how that looks. What that, I've never seen a seraphim, to be completely honest with you. Probably would freak you out if I said, oh, yeah, I see angels on a daily basis. Um, I don't, um, but that's what the scripture, uh, how the scripture describes them. And then finally, there are the cherubim, which were the ones we make look like little Cupid guys, bing, shooting little bows and arrows, and that is absolutely not what they look like. They look like a sphinx have wings, and in Genesis, they get a flaming sword. This is the army of God. Not some cute little mythological creature. These are the army of God, the heavenly host. This is the, uh, we get in our mindset like, oh, that's cute. We look at Christmas as, oh, that's cute. If we can change even the ways we look at angels as, this is an army, the power of God. His army coming to earth to escort a little baby Jesus. Well, that changes the shepherd's story a little bit, right? It changes it for me because for years, and it, I was like, oh, that's cute. God sent his choir. Hallelujah. You know, little choir boys everywhere. That's not how that, no. So let's read Luke chapter 2 in a little bit different light, thinking about that this is the warriors of God showing up. Remember the first words. If little Cupid shows up, I'm like, oh, that's not, don't be afraid of me. Were you going to shoot me with your little tiny bow and arrow? Like, that's, that's not, no. Do not be afraid. It's because a warrior God has just shown up. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened that the Lord has told us about. I bet that wasn't the first words that they said. I bet the first words that they said was, <laughs> So, there you go. Uh, <laughs> Heavenly host, right? That's like, come on, like, oh, well, let's go to Bethlehem and say, that's not what you said. You said, holy cow. Did you see that? Tell me you saw that. Because <laughs> if I'm the only one that saw that, we got some problems. Uh, that flaffle turned or something. You know, we got we to gotta look here. And so this is amazing idea. Now think about this. This word, heavenly host, it's, a, it's the word stratos, which is army encampment. Army. It's the army of God. <laughs> So you got one angel talking to these shepherds. All right, guys, don't be afraid because this is going to be cool. And then they all come in. The army of God lights up the night sky. And he, they say, glory to God in the highest. All in unison. Just think about the roar of that this would be. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to men whom his favor rests. It's an army, the honor guard of God announcing that their king has come. Isn't that different than the cute little Hallmark channel? Right? Because this next, this next idea, I just think about on peace on whom his favor rests, the shalom of God. Now we talk about peace often, that we should be peacemakers and all this stuff. But as I've been diving into the shalom of God, the peace of God, the peace of God is always fought for. The peace of God is always, there's a price to be paid for it. And so God, to the angel saying, the peace of God is resting on you. The peace that we fought for, the peace that God has fought for, it rests on you. It was, it's paid with a price. It will be paid with a price, right? This honor guard of God, the warriors of the Lord come into the, light up the night sky to say, peace on you. And we're here to protect this little baby. We're here for this. And this is why Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Because when you think about Hallmark movies, you don't think about warriors coming and taking names and doing all that stuff. Right, right, right. No, 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 no. When we celebrate Veterans Day or July 4th or, or Memorial Day, we watch Gettysburg and Band of Brothers and Saving Private Ryan and all these rawr, movies. At Christmas time, we should be watching good, triumphing, and kicking evil's rear end. That's what we should be watching because that's what's happening. It's not cute little love stories around a Christmas tree at some fictional Hallmark place. It's not. When we do that, we cheapen it. When we do that, we make it something less than it is. Now, those are fun. My wife's going to listen to this message and get really mad at me, but that's okay. Because those are, those are okay but what it really is is that we have been fought for and we are being fought for. 
And that God would stop at nothing to have relationship with us. That he would invade this nasty place. He would come from a place of perfection, of heaven, to say, you know what? I love you. Even the mess that you're in, the stupid stuff that you do, how, oh, you've turned your life. Okay, cool. I still love you. And I'm with you. That's what Christmas is about. And so that's, that's why I say Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Because it's about a guy who will stop at nothing to beat evil, right? And so when we think about it, you can laugh at me about that or whatever. But this idea of Christmas is, is bigger. It's more, it's more visceral than we make it. We make it so lovey-dovey. And I, I, I have to say that might be a trick of Satan for us to, tre- to treat Christmas not to its full potential. Because what is he? He's a liar, so he'll do anything that's good and tweak it a little bit to take our attention off of God. Christmas that we get to celebrate is about God invading and saying, I'll stop at nothing to have a relationship with you. That nothing will separate me from you. That my love will overcome all of that. That I will chase it and chase you. That I will take myself from perfection to this earth to be with you. I will send my angels to protect us. My, my warriors will fight for us. I, I just think that's different than Christmas. I want to think about Christmas that way. I have all kinds of memories of Christmas being beautiful and cute and wonderful, and I love the lights and I love all the different things, but at its root, it's God saying, I will do anything to be with you. My prayer for you this Christmas is that you would find joy. And if you've been with us through the summer, we've kind of redefined joy and what, what this word joy is. It's the word that was used when armies came home triumphant from war. That joy would be that we would think of joy this Christmas season as our God is triumphant and we get to participate in that. Not, oh, yay, so-and-so's home for Christmas, which is beautiful. But the joy that is deeper, it's not changed by our present circumstances. It's not changed if we burn the ham in the oven. It's not changed if we didn't get all the things checked off of our Christmas list. It is a joy that is deep-seated because our God has won the victory. And so if Christmas can change to be about that, I think we will become more in touch with who God is and what God has for us this Christmas season. We're going to take communion this morning. And as we take communion this morning, I want us to think about how are we prioritizing Christmas? Do we look at it as God has redeemed us? God is is participating in this story. God is invading this area. Or have we kind of gotten lost in all the have-to-dos and the, the things and the decorations and all the stuff and the good things? Or are we preoccupied that God would stop at nothing to have relationship with us? This morning, as we take these elements, I want us to think about, God, thank you. Thank you for invading my life and invading this place. Thank you that I don't have to deal with archaic rules and laws of, and thank you, God, that I can eat bacon. Right? 
Because all these things, all those things that we take for granted, all these things that we just would have to hold our tongue right and do these things and not take this many steps on this day and do all this stuff, that's all washed away because God said, you know what, the heck with it. I love you and I don't want anything getting in the way of that. As we take communion, this is a beautiful symbol, beautiful example of God saying, I would stop at nothing to have relationship with you. Here at Shore Church of God, we practice open communion. So if you are a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are more than welcome to take communion with us. You don't have to go to a special class or anything like that. And so as this is passed, we're going to take communion during this next song, as you are so led. I would love it if you would self-examine yourself and, 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 and pray through and think about, God, what have I made Christmas? Is it about you coming in relationship with me or have I made it about other things? Where does my joy come from? this Christmas season. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today and thank you for this time. Thank you for this moment. God, we ask you to bless us and guide us in all that we do. We ask you to be with us, Lord. When we are tempted to make Christmas about other things, Lord, we ask you to redirect our hearts and our minds. Lord, that we will gently usher our family towards the real reason for the season, that Jesus is invading earth for us. God, it's so easy to get distracted. It's so easy to get tripped up in all the stuff. Lord, will you help us keep Christmas simple? As simple as this bread and as this grape juice. To remember, there's nothing, there's no links that you wouldn't go to have relationship with us, to restore us, to redeem us, to claim us as your own. May this Christmas be a Christmas, maybe even the first time that we experience it truly as a son or daughter of the king of the universe. God, we ask you to move in our lives. We ask you to redeem us. We ask you to purify us. But most of all, we ask you to make us yours, to hold us close to to your chest this morning. In Jesus' holy and powerful name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us at church this week. I hope you enjoyed this week's teaching. If you have any questions or comments, shoot an email to office at scog.com. To continue to support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community for Christ, you can give online at scog.com or through the app. See you next week.